right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And this week's episode of the podcast is once again brought to you guys by DraftKings. Football fans, the moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. I'm going to say it again, $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million, a lot of cash. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, Answer questions like, who will score last? And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing, so use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Noah, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. You know, just hanging out. That, uh, that DraftKings deal sounds pretty good, actually. I like see like I'm currently living in New York State, so I can't sign up for it online because it's not legal to online bet. Of course, but of course I'm going keep it legal. Out, I'm going out of the state soon, so like I'm gonna make sure that I cash in on that offer. I hope it doesn't. I hope I'm allowed to. Oh, I, I, yeah, I would. I would assume so. Yeah. Why not? Everyone's allowed. Yeah, um, of course. I'll probably. Also, yeah, no. I think we can both agree. I'm getting better with these ad reads. You are. I mean, it sounds natural. It's just. It's like I I'm wrote surprised. It. Like, I'd be shocked if there was one of our listeners that didn't have the DraftKings app by the end of our episode. Yeah, it's it's my favorite app. It's my home screen. It's everything. <laughs> First thing I wake up to. Last thing I see when I fall asleep. Love it. Um, how you been, man? Been a couple of days. One been Panthers good, game. Good. Since we last yeah, talked. one Panthers game, which is more than what we've been accustomed to. Um, yeah, kind of nice. Just kind of just kind of finished all my work for the week, so I'm I'm pretty happy. Still have class tomorrow, but that's it. Um, yeah, no, I I like these Wednesday night episodes. Um, they're they're pretty chill, but yeah, big Panthers game. And had I had had I had DraftKings in a legal spot, I would have put money on our Panthers. Always do, always do, always bet on the Panthers. Uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been good. Uh, we got a ton of snow here this week. 
like crazy. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. It looked it looked pretty pretty awesome. And I, I was talking to Jared Shea, who I think might join us later on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and he he was saying North Bay had like practically nothing. Wow. That yeah, nice pretty, up there in North impressive. Bay. Yeah. You know, it's the sunshine, sunshine city, they call it, I believe. Yeah, it was crazy. I, yeah, no, I've definitely heard that once or twice before. Yeah. Like, it was nice. Before the snow was great. We were playing street hockey, which, like, we haven't done in forever. Um, way harder than I remember it. Really? We were all collectively, like, I'm not in the best shape, but, like, you know, some of the other guys we were playing with, like, John and so, like, they're in pretty good shape. And we were all like collectively like out of breath almost immediately. <laughs> like I think I went to chase like one loose ball down the street and I was like, all right, that's it. Like now I'm <laughs> net front presence. Yeah. The first time I played when I got back, I was like, I was, I, my, my, my stomach was feeling it. Oh yeah. So yeah. Like, I don't know. It's this like pandemic is like, like we, we don't do those activities. So we lose the stamina so easily. Yeah, like I haven't been on skates in almost a year. And you know how bad a skater I was before the pandemic. Can you imagine how bad I am now? Like the next time I step on the ice? Brutal. But if you just have to relearn how to skate and then you turns out you're like a fabulous skater. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure I learned how to in the first place. I kind of just winged it. <laughs> <laughs> Never took lessons. Only started playing <laughs> hockey at 15. <laughs> um uh. So, yeah, maybe we'll have to see. It's still probably going to be a while before we're back on the ice, but. Yeah, maybe you can get outside an ODR or something. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite. I mean, I've lived here for three or four years now. Not once have I seen an outdoor rink. I, I thought I saw, like, on a, on Snapchat, like, stories of a few of the guys that we played with in intramurals. I thought I saw a picture of them at a pond in St. Catharines interesting seems impossible but interesting it, it did that. seem impossible i remember thinking that it seemed impossible but it seemed legit yeah and like i mean back home there's always outdoor rings here not so much too warm and you, you didn't get to do that you had to skip it because of quarantine i know it's unfortunate um but you know what are you gonna do uh not really too much uh but yeah, man. Uh, I guess we should talk about the Panthers a little. Yeah, let's get let's get right into it. I mean, we didn't really usually we plan stuff out for these episodes. Obviously, very professional. This week did not have the chance to do so. We're just gonna wing it. We're just gonna see where the conversation takes us. Last time we did that, we spent way too much time talking about the Quebec Nordiques. I thought that was a great episode, by the way. I thought it was a long episode. <laughs> Didn't need to be that long, but it was good. Um, but yeah, Panthers, I didn't have a chance to watch the game this week, actually. I was at work. Um, I know you watched it. Uh, so I'm going to rely solely on you to inform me of what happened uh, in this game. Uh, first and foremost, Panthers get the win. Yeah, uh, big win, big win. 3-0 um, to start the year. First time in franchise history. It seems hard to believe, but it is the first time in franchise history that the Panthers start off 3-0-0. Yeah, but I guarantee you it won't be the last time it happens like this, especially when 
good old Anton Lindell shows up in the lineup. It's going to be a lot of 3-0 and starts for sure. Yeah, I'm going to feel bad for opposing teams when he gets here. Yeah, there's just... Um, yeah, I actually caught, like, I, I had to catch half of the game. I was still in that finance class. Of course, and of we course, student about, first. We, we were talking about, like, debits and credits. The interesting you stuff. Know, it's, like, it's like stuff, like, I, like, had the opportunity to, like, already learn. So I already knew what was going on. So it was easy to just tune that out and concentrate on the Panthers. So I, I think that's when I was actually the most concentrated on, on the game. Um not exactly the start they wanted to get off in that game. No, definitely um, not. Uh, I didn't I mean, see the first was goal. First I, I don't know if you watched the goal at all, the goals at all. Um, first of all, the first goal was just, I mean, it was a, it was a pass that deflected off a stick of the, the Panthers defenseman. And then it went in between Bobrovsky's legs. Nothing you can do like listen it's an unlucky goal it's you know it's a it's a goal like you, you can't stop every time and that's just normal the second goal um texier who i know you're a big te- alex texier fan i mean uh, i think everyone is at this point he i mean, he looks unbelievable out there he's so uh, good he's incredible he's, he's huge too yeah like he's he looks he's big he's like, fast big out there yeah um he's- Terrific. Terrific. Yeah. Player. Um, listen, it deflected and Bobrovsky never saw it. Yeah. So like they were within the first like 10 minutes of the game, they were down to nothing off of like very, very unlucky goals. Yeah. Right? It's just that and then a, a little later Carter Verhage was was able to uh convert off of Duclair, which Duclair was actually in a toe drag move. And then I think it's Wranski tripped him. It was a delayed call, but then, um, Verhage got it, uh, off the boards and he's been really good for the Panthers so far. Yeah. He's probably been, I think with regards to the expectations going into the season and with how, you know, players are performing now, like he's definitely probably the one that succeeded them the most. Like, I think, um, I mean, I don't know what your opinion was of him when the Panthers signed him. I I like the guy. He he is number. I, I didn't think. I don't. I don't even know if I put him on our opening night roster. I don't think you did. I I really don't think I did. I think I put him as an extra attacker, or it was a fourth line guy, and here he is, like proving me wrong and playing on the first line. Yeah, and actually, like he's actually doing stuff. Yeah, like I definitely didn't have him on the first line, but I thought he was like he was a pretty solid player in Tampa. Obviously, didn't have a huge role there, but everything about his game, like his numbers, his underlying numbers, like everything was pretty good. So you were you're kind of just waiting to see what he does if he gets more of an opportunity. Right now, it looks like um, things are going really well. It looks like he can handle it. Um, really been a huge factor in all three uh, Panthers wins. Uh, the other guy for me, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know um, what his impact was there, but Patrick Hornquist is another guy for me who I've really liked what he's brought to the team. Yeah. And he was, yeah. I mean, just in that game, he was physical. Like he brings a physical presence on the ice. You know, he's not afraid to get in, uh, in deep in the corners. He goes to the net. He, you know, he stands up for himself. It's, it's pretty impressive to watch. Um, 
and obviously, so, I mean, I second period, I took one bathroom break and of course Barkov scored during my bathroom break. So that was cool. Um, and then he, here's where I kind of got a very like sour taste beginning of the third period Panthers up on a power play. It give up an on man rush to Cam Atkinson. And I told you to watch the goal. Did you see, did you watch the goal? Uh, I didn't. I actually, I, 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 I'll tell you right now. I did not watch any of this game. <laughs> None of the highlights, nothing. I, right, got, well, I got home from work last night at like four in the morning and just KO'd until like noon and then just schoolwork all day. Just have not yeah. watched the game. So I have no impressions. Okay. okay. Um, it was a really, 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 really bad goal. Well, and I, Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky knew it. He, he knew he screwed up. Um, that was like, that was like last year's Bobrovsky. It, that's really what it looked like. And I mean, I think Columbus had like something like 12 shots on goal at that point. Yeah. Like it's one of those things, you know, like- it's, it was really, really hard. Like, cause I mean, the Panthers didn't score to tie it up till there were three seconds left in the third period. Perfect amount of time. Innocent looking shot. I mean, pretty high rebound and Hornquist just bats it out of midair. That's what he's here for. Right in front of the net, right in front of the net. It was fantastic goal. I mean, right. Uh, Panther, Panthers, you know, like empty net, obviously showed a lot of poise in the offensive zone weren't rushing anything and they, they ended up making the good decision. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, he's just been Patrick Hornquist for me so far has just been that perfect complimentary player who can play with skill guys like Barkov or Huberto, like he's done in the past in Pittsburgh and maybe to a lesser extent in Nashville. Um, but he's just, he's a really smart player who just plays a very different game than a lot of other Panthers players right? Like there's, there's not a lot of creativity in his game. It's just kind of North, South, stand in front, get tips, throw your body around, make some plays. Um, Really just simple kind of old school hockey. Um, And I think that's, that just allows this team to be more dangerous. You know, if, if you have a guy like that in front where you know, you can just throw a shot on net and there's a decent chance he might get a piece of it and, you know, tap one in there. Um, then that, that's a huge weapon to, to utilize for a team. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely like, a, just like there, I cannot see any way in which you look at that trade and say the Panthers lost. No, at the time it looked like a win for the Panthers. And every time Patrick Hornquist scores a goal and Mike Matheson is scratched, it'll continue to look like a win. And, exactly. and it's just, it's fantastic. Uh, you just you love to see it. Um, yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of the upcoming games we got on the schedule. And then just there was overtime. Oh yeah, overtime. Panthers had the puck for like I think four minutes of the five minutes of OT, but they just they had some really good looks, just couldn't bury it. Um, yeah, I mean it's not like they had a three on O and didn't get a shot away. No, exactly. Like Pittsburgh yeah, yesterday. Like- yeah, shout out to Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. 
Um, I don't know who the third guy was on that. I have no. I don't idea. know. Let's just name a guy, Teddy Bluger. Yeah. <laughs> just to just to throw a name out there, I, it, it was probably like Brian Rust though, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So great OT, and then I mean, uh, Hornquist comes up clutch again in the shootout. He's the tenth shooter of the shootout. Comes up clutch. Great goal. Panthers win. Panthers win three and zero. Back against Columbus um, tomorrow, which is awesome. I work, so I probably won't see this one either. Um, but I, I'll try and watch some. Some, oh, we'll see. Yeah, it's okay. I'll get our uh, friend of the podcast, John Bird Wiley, to maybe watch the <laughs> watch the game and give us a quick rundown. Yeah, no, he. I I think he could do that. Yeah, one of the truly exceptional hockey minds out there. Yeah. Um, big difference on this next Columbus game though is that Columbus will be ha- will have Jack Roslovich in the lineup. So, right, and you, you could tell in the Columbus that I, they maybe lacked forward depth. I I am a I'm a huge Max Domi fan, but like I don't know if he'd be on both my first power play unit. And you know the, the 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 players I send out first in overtime or anything like they, they they're obviously going to benefit a lot from getting Patrick Laine whenever that may be. I don't think he got cleared today, probably tomorrow or Friday. Um, you, you can tell that they lack forward depth right now. So I think Jack Roslovic's addition is definitely going to help for this upcoming game. Yeah, like he's not going to add like a huge like punch to their lineup but again he's gonna gonna play at least what like 12 minutes i'd say it's his first game back yeah so maybe 10 minutes i it's that much that other guys don't have to play yeah and he's gonna be amped to play for his hometown team too it'll yeah like you said it'll put guys kind of closer to the ice time they're more accustomed to um i'll I'll be interested does so columbus played two games since the pierre-luc dubois trade um I guess you're saying that, you know, against the Panthers, their depth, their lack of depth was kind of apparent. But in the game before that against Tampa, man, they looked fantastic. Like, yeah, they yeah. looked so um, much. I've, I've watched I've watched Columbus a lot this year, which is bizarre. But it was a it was a five two game as well. Right. That, that, that was the, yeah. Yeah. So like when they played Tampa. Yeah, yeah that's five. And Dubois out. And you can just see like the look on the players' faces. Like they looked just like happier. Like they enjoyed playing the game. They enjoyed working together. You didn't really get as much of that kind of feel uh, while Dubois was there just because of the distraction factor. Um, so maybe that kind of faded away in the, the Panthers game. Maybe, um, I don't know, they kind of find it in the next game. Uh, look for them to come out strong. I think it's definitely going to be yeah, a good no, game. They... Like, I wouldn't say they got any earned goals in that game. Yeah. Like, like in a, in a perfect world where, where like, these mishaps don't happen, like, that would have been a shutout for Bobrovsky. Oh, I mean. But, but you know, like, you get unlucky with a bounce. It, you know, the, the puck uh, bounces off a stick. And then just pure, just no puck luck whatsoever for Bobrovsky on that last goal. Um, so it's, it's hard to tell, like, I was not, I was underwhelmed by the blue jackets. I thought, 
the Panthers spent a lot of time in their offensive zone from like I more than more than you'd expect. So I think it's going to be interesting. I don't, I can't really see how the team would be much different from last game other than they're just like, not because of the trade, but just they lost to the Panthers last game. So now they want to, they want to rematch, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game to me. um, To me, Columbus, the games that I care probably the most about for the Panthers this season, it's got to be, the Blue Jackets, the Predators, I guess the Lightning is a state rival. But those teams that are all going to be competing for that kind of fourth uh, playoff spot, like that's when the wins really count. Every time Nashville wins, uh, loses, man, I yeah, get a like, little happy. Like if you lose to Tampa, uh, it's not great. But if, if, you know, if Nashville and Columbus and Dallas, they're all losing to Tampa too, well, then you don't yeah, feel as exactly. bad about it. But when you're playing these teams that you're you know are your kind of main competition, that's when you need to to find a way to get the two points uh, to come out of there. Like to win this next game against Columbus to sweep them in this kind of two game mini series would be huge. And then they have the back to back this weekend, but it's Detroit, so you're not the toughest back to back. Exactly. You know, close to home. Uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, I'm not too concerned about those games, but yeah, the ga- yeah the games were going it's, up. Yeah, no, the fringe games like Columbus, Nashville, those are definitely going to be crucial in the long run. Yeah, and, and the other aspect of it too is they did it the other night, but not letting games go to overtime was you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're making games with your your kind of stiffest competition in the division. You don't want to put in you don't want there to be a situation where you're making them three point games where a team can get two and another team can get one. You want right. to minimize that as much as possible because it's not just about making, you know, getting points for yourself. It's about taking them away from the other team too. You don't want to give them that one point. Uh, so that's got to be in, in my mind, something to think about uh, and really emphasize in these tight games. Yeah. And uh I think it's worth noting that also tomorrow, um, Carolina's back. They're back. They're back. They're back. So I, I'm really looking forward to that, to the Florida-Carolina matchups, yeah. to be honest. Also, and can we just talk about this, this NHL schedule for a second? <laughs> and how I mentioned this before we started recording while we were talking. This schedule so far is ridiculous. Like, I'm just gonna read. How many games did we we had? Thirteen games last night. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm gonna go, I'm going back before that. Yeah. 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 Re- re- read the worry. stats. All right. We're gonna start. Okay. Friday, perfectly normal amount of games. Saturday, sure, fine. Sunday, I'd argue too many games on Sunday when you have football on, but that's just me. Monday night, there's one game on. There is no other sport to compete with on a Monday night. Amazing basketball well, games. We don't know. Because we, we were talking about this. We don't know when the basketball schedule is. I'm going to pull that up real quick and see if we have any. Like, there was, game, there was games on Monday, but not, like, I don't think there was an absurd amount. No. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm just curious. Let's see. 
know. Deep dive research. What do you got? I want to go the week before. The week they before? By, they, January 25th. John, oh, uh, I got to hear uh, nine. Nine? Nine games. So, yeah, all the NBA games, but one NHL game at 10 p.m.? I mean, let's face it. It's completely different broadcasting coverage as well. Yeah. The only thing you might be competing for is the Raptors. Yeah. But so yeah, just don't play the don't yeah. play the Maple Leafs on Mondays. Yeah, like 10 p.m. On yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's obviously because of the the NBA. That's obviously what it is. Like, which I kind of get, but. Right now, like to meet the disparity in between games on certain days is just ridiculous. Right now, like the one and, game and on. Two, so they had nine on Monday, the NBA, but two of the two two additional ones were po- were supposed to be played, but were postponed. So they're supposed to have eleven, which is a pretty significant number. Yeah, like I I get all that, but I mean, and then lots me- of Wednesday games. Yeah. Like their their schedule also looks a bit of a mess, to be honest. But like one game on a Monday night, and then you have thirteen on a Tuesday. You should at least have you should at least have one early game and one late game though. Or if you're that's just gonna, the bare minimum. Or if you're gonna one tonight, game, just make tonight, it earlier. Yeah, but like tonight, who, who in Canada cares about Ottawa? Like the Ottawa Senators, the people in Ottawa, and they're probably not gonna stay up that late. <laughs> To watch their like, team get slapped seven to one. Well, well, that's the thing. Tonight, so there were two matchups. There was Nashville, Chicago, which was played in Nashville, and, and there was Ottawa, Vancouver, that was played in Vancouver. Nashville is in this is in the central, right? They're one hour away from Eastern time. They yeah. were at seven thirty. The other game tonight was Vancouver. They're three hours away. They start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. That means they started the game at 5 p.m. there. Why is that game, why is that game so early? Uh, why not? Well, what I'm saying is you, you have two games tonight, and they're literally at the same time. Why wouldn't yeah. you have one at 7 p.m.? Well, I mean, the, th- the thing is, though, like, when you don't have fans in the building, like you don't care like whether the game's like, in Vancouver or Ottawa, right? And obviously, when no, you do- and there was the there was the Winnipeg Jets the other night, nine p.m., which I thought was yeah. ridiculous. Which I think, and I think part of that's just the difficult part with the Canadian division because you're going across so many different time zones. Exactly. But also, just the fact that like the schedule goes from like one game, one night, thirteen the next, two the next night, then thirteen again. Like it's but that's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent because of the NBA. Oh, and I fully, I fully get that. I just dislike yeah. it completely. No, and it annoys me to no end. And I, I don't think there's enough overlap in between NBA and NHL fans to actually like back up this or back this up. Sorry. Yeah, like I don't know how much overlap right? like, there is. Like, like, so, like maximum, maximum ten percent of the NBA fans would maybe prefer to watch hockey and vice versa. Yeah, the overlap's not that significant in my mind. And and I mean I, I mentioned this Super Bowl Sunday. We have seven games. 
no one's going to watch them. I, why? And they're all like noon or 3 p.m. starts because the game's going to be in the evening. Yeah, it's just... It's like nobody's going to watch hockey at noon. I mean, I might if I'm up, but... Well, yeah, I obviously will. But like no like casual fan will watch hockey at noon, yeah. I don't think. Well, and the other thing too is that like, okay, fine, you have 13 games on a night. But then they just stack them in these time slots where like every game goes to intermission at once. Like, yeah, just... I was, this, last night I was trying to find a game and literally the only one I could watch was Dallas Detroit. Yeah. Like just stagger like some at seven, some at seven 30, some at eight, some at eight 30, some at nine, we'll call it a day. It's easy in theory and execution, probably a lot harder, but that's not our issue. So. No, I mean, it could be at NHL. If you guys want to hire us, we're available. I think. Yeah. I'm busy. Get out of staff leads. No, I'm busy. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. NHL. Yeah. It just, to me, it just, I just hate having this commercial. Like when they all go to intermission at once, it just, I mean, it just really grinds the old gears. And I don't know what the reasoning is behind it that, they, they just assume that most people just have one team and they're not, they're not going to switch games. Like, cause realistically not every fan is like us and would watch literally every single game is if we could. Yeah. Like I, and I fully get that, that, that aspect of it, but I just think, especially right now where like a lot of people, you know, maybe aren't working or out as much due to, you know, the coronavirus that you know people at home it's like hey we'll just have it on in the background even yeah they know like if i'm at home and i'm cleaning you know in like the living room like yeah sure throw a game on the tv and just have that as noise while i clean hypothetically uh is something i could do but yeah i i just uh, i don't know there's no whatever it is what it is no, i guess it's, it, you, there's nothing we can do about it unfortunately and as yeah, at, at, the, at this point, we're just complaining to each other in an end. And loop. we have to we have to assume that the NHL you you really really like to think that they have a guy that's smart enough to know this and probably understands way more concepts than we are right now, other than just say that it's dumb. Yeah, because if there is no guy saying that, then maybe it is dumb. Very very true. Maybe it is. Um. Last thing before we go here, Noah, uh, I was actually going to bring it up at the start of the podcast, but then I forgot. And then there wasn't really a place to jump in, but Super Bowl coming up, Chiefs, Buccaneers, who you taking? I, I actually had to answer a poll today about that. I went one way. I, I'd like both like... I don't care who wins. I really don't. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win. But that pick is not locked in. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are the favorite by far. And like, the thing and rightfully so, rightfully so. Yeah, like, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one just because I had Tom Brady in fantasy. He's wildly, wildly inconsistent. And like the, the Buccaneers have been, you know, pretty good this year, but I don't necessarily think like Brady's been like the main catalyst for that. Like he's been surrounded by some incredibly talented players. 
that have made it uh, made him look, I think, a lot better than he's been. Um, but that Kansas team is just too good. Exactly. And yeah. like they're never uh, out of a game. Like you I, still- I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah. I, I would I if if we were doing prop bets I would definitely put money on the Bucks scoring the first touchdown. Yeah, I mean and that's a well I mean first of all the Chiefs usually go down early on some dumb mistake they've made and then that's they just come saying. back and stomp like that's just that's their mo at this point like that's exactly what's going to happen in this game is you know Tom Brady's just going to like air one out to like. Scotty Miller, probably <laughs> touchdown, you know, and then the Chiefs are going to, you know, maybe turn one over on a fumble. It's, I'm going with the Chiefs on this one, though. There's just, they're just too good in my mind. They were, they, I, yeah, no, it, it sure seems that way. Um, another topic I wanted to talk to you about is Jim Rutherford. Oh, yes. Cause he's, he stepped down as GM of the, the the Penguins today, actually. Yeah. Well, because personally, I wasn't a big fan of the moves he was making recently. No. Uh, clearly, I think there were some gaps. Um, but you hate to see it happen this way. Like this, like, the, the fact that he has to step down for personal reasons kind of really is, is a bummer. I, I feel like you don't see it coming. Yeah, like, I feel the exact same way. Like, I I agree with you that, you know, the last couple of years he's made some questionable kind of moves, uh, you know, trying to help his team get better, which hasn't really worked out. Um, and it's not like I'm ever – like, I'm not – I wasn't, like, rooting for the guy to get fired. But, no, I would, no. I, I, but I would have understood if he did, like, the reasons why. Exactly. I'd be like, oh, oh, Cody Cece's on the team. Yeah, okay, I get it. Was that Mike Matheson? Yeah, okay, I get it. Like, I I totally get it. But, yeah, just not like this. Like, you don't want to see someone have to, you know, vacate their position for, for personal reasons. Just kind of a downer. Right. There, was a, there was a list of possible GM replacements on Sportsnet earlier today. We just missed the cut. I'm, I'm going to read them out to you. I want to know your thoughts. And- All right. Right, so just like rapid fire thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like because I I know you're gonna have some very very significant thoughts on at least one guy, um, but or I mean at least two guys. I this list is honestly baffling me. Uh, in no particular order, Tom Fitzgerald. Yes, I'm about it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like him. I think that's a good fit. All right, next. Then Ron Hextall. That's a tough one. I'm going to say yes for the entertainment. For the you entertainment, know? all right. Yeah, he's a fiery guy in the crease, fiery guy in the, the right. managers. Here's, here's where it gets a little more dicey. Jason Botterill. Okay, here's a tough one. Here's, <laughs> here's an interesting one. First of all, he, so he was the AGM under Rutherford, right? One, yep. two, he won back-to-back cups with Pittsburgh and then leaves to Buffalo. After he left Pittsburgh, that's kind of when the really questionable moves started happening. Exactly. But, but he didn't do good in Buffalo, like, at all. I mean, he acquired them, like, eight number five defensemen. 
So if that's, I mean, it's not the way I would have done it. Um, but uh, Pittsburgh makes sense fit wise for me. Obviously, the familiarity with the players, with the team, with the organization. Um, and that's probably if you want to get, you know, if okay, if Jim Rutherford stepping down, um, like if there wasn't any thought of firing Jim Rutherford, right, and he just ha- had to step down for these personal reasons, then Bottle is probably the closest thing you could get to to Rutherford, right? Of just being the no change off. But is that the direction you want to go? No. Okay. <laughs> next all right next one i know you're gonna like this one and i'm like just the fact that i'm saying this you probably already know who i'm about to say it's it's him isn't it? it's peter shirelli <laughs> it's peter shirelli uh i'm gonna say yes <laughs> because i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of peter shirelli's recent works uh you know over his you know the, his time in edmonton and stuff like that but some questionable moves that you kind of look back and like, but here's the thing, kind of not, think, Oh, I wish we didn't do that. But yeah, I mean, the thing for me too is first, Kayla's okay, okay. First of all, I'm not really a big Pittsburgh fan. So right, if right. he goes there and tears apart their franchise, I'm not super bummed about it. No. Right. They've won a lot. You know, they've Crosby and Malkin should definitely keep those guys. Now, if you'll remember from his time in Edmonton, Peter Shirelli had a deal in place to trade Taylor Hall for Cody Cece. In Ottawa, yes. I, I, and, I Eugene Mel- and Eugene Melnick said no. Peter Shirelli shows up in Pittsburgh. Not only is there no Taylor Hall, but there's Cody Cece right there. <laughs> it's exactly what he wanted. So that's a dream situation for him, I imagine. For the team... Honestly, another guy who's probably pretty similar to, to maybe Jim Rutherford. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like it. It depends. If I'm if I'm the Penguins, I'm I'm gonna pass. But if I'm just sitting here as you know a neutral third party, then yeah, I say go for it. Why not? I think the league is a much more entertaining place when Peter Shrelly is a job. <laughs> it really is. It really is. All right. Um next up, uh not a, an NHL GM, but John Ferguson Jr., who's, I think, uh, director of like player development for Boston. And he's the GM of their AHL affiliate, Providence. Uh, yeah, I mean... What, what do you think? I mean, obviously, there's a bit of a risk with a guy who's never been, you know, a GM before. You know, some guys are able to make that transition. Some people are not. Um I don't know a ton about Ferguson, so hard to really gauge that. But Boston develops some really good players. Some of them don't develop. Zach Sanishin. So torn, but I'd say like there, I think there's worse candidates, and I think there are better candidates for sure. Right, right. So and I'd I say mean, somewhere he in was the he was he was GM of the Leafs the last time they won a, a series, I think, which was 2004, right? I was four, so no, I don't remember. I, I think it was 2004. It's always a thing with Leafs fans. Um, I usually tune them out, but okay. Next but yeah. up. So, um, next up. I don't want to – it's definitely not the best for last, in my opinion. But, of course, he had to get tossed in the, into the mix for some reason. Dale Talon. Well, here's the thing. Is it, this is an interesting one. Dale Talon goes to Pittsburgh. 
he's got his guy Mike Mathis in there. You know, he signed him to that long contract, so he should be responsible for, for seeing it through in Pittsburgh. Um, I'll be honest. I think there's, like, of the candidates you named, like, I think there's better candidates out there, to be honest. <laughs> no kidding. Like, just a couple. Like, like I could oh. – but I, I imagine you don't have to name any. We hopefully they don't. They, they, they I don't know what the timeline is for their decision making. Um, but it's it's really interesting that you still get these names and you're like, how can Peter Shirelli ever get another NHL job? He won a Stanley Cup. Like it's crazy. If you win a Stanley Cup in your lifetime, I'm pretty sure you're like guaranteed employment for life. Exactly. It's, it's absolutely insane. So I, I just thought it was interesting to see those names and I wanted to get your, your take on them. And I, I mean, definitely, I think we agree that there are better candidates out there. Yeah. Like I think uh, Mike, uh, Mike Fudo is a better candidate who's at Sportsnet right now. Um, you know, for all the flack Paul Fenton got, Kevin Fiala is a hell of a player. He, he is, got he his is. guy. He is. Um, I I mean I remember seeing Kevin Weeks when uh, when Florida was looking. That be I think that'd be an interesting hire. Um, oh, give me Pierre Maguire. Pierre Maguire, the guy who, the guy who despises analytics probably more than anyone in the media. I think I Pierre Maguire. Even Eddie Olchek, I think, was getting considered. Yeah, for, he's gotten. For, he's, yeah, that was he's for got, Florida. Yeah, he's gotten, you know, some, oh, some I, rumors here there. I, I think it'd be interesting. I, it's going to be really interesting to see who they go with because you always assume you're not hiring a GM for the short term. It's for the long term. So I, I assume that in, in their interview process that they're going to have significant talks about what happens after this kind of win now period, which in my opinion is a little delusional at this point, but they're, they're, they're still set on that. Yeah. If I if you were Pittsburgh, who would you hire? I have no idea. I can't even answer you right now. All right. I have no idea. Well, yet. I'll give you my answer. And it's the guy I pick for every GM opening and will continue to do until he gets hired. It's Mike Gillis. Of course it is. The guy's evolved. He's into the analytics. He's a good leader. He's learned from his mistakes. He's taken some time away, some soul searching comes back, leads Pittsburgh to the promised land, even though <laughs> I don't really care how they do. So I will I, I, I think Mike Gillis is the right guy. But it probably won't be him, so who knows? John Chica, maybe after December twenty twenty one. Yeah, ineligible for the time being. Although I, I, I assume he's getting he's he's already lined something up. I think it's with the Devils. Yeah. Well I, I well, just don't don't think he's allowed to accept the job yet. I'm yeah, not we, I'm not worried about him is what I'm saying. We will know January 1st, 2022. We will know, yes. Um but yeah, that yeah, Gil is my pick. I don't know what direction the the pan, uh, the penguins go. They still they said they're committed to not rebuilding. The, which, yeah, and I and I heard that they're still in a win now mode and it's like really? It, it's tough cuz you get to that point where it's like you, you got but, your... but I, I I get where they're coming from because they pretty much they have to like Malkin in you, my, have... you know like Malkin and Crosby are like this is they've got 
what, two, three more seasons of playing at this like elite competitive level. Yeah. So I get like why they don't want to rebuild. And like, I, I respect that. Um, is there a way to kind of retool? Like you kind of saw what Boston did where they had a couple of down years and they moved out like Lucic and Seidenberg and Boychuk. Like they moved out the right pieces. I mean, they did a great job. And still kept their core and then brought, you know, and then they draft Pasternak and they draft guys like Jake DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy and Zach Sanishan. And look at them go. So I think it's, it, I think it's, I think retooling is really hard, but I think that's kind of the direction Pittsburgh should trend in. But we yeah. will see. We'll, we'll see. We can't, we can't make any decisions, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we have no say over anything, no authority over anything or anyone. Uh, as always, <laughs> we're just kind of chilling here. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I think that was – we still ended up going a little long because we do these unimprovised, these improvised uh, episodes, but I think yes. it was good. No script, no planning. Just hit record and see what we say. <laughs> the perfect, perfect way to make a podcast. As always, <laughs> thank you to everyone tuning in listening. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Make sure to check out DraftKings and use promo code THPN. And yeah, that's it. All right, we'll see you. We'll see you on Monday. Back on top.